Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is September 7th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How goes it, my man? Good. It's been a few weeks, but uh, I'm back and I'm ready to share some opinions. I cannot wait. Now, um, on a programming note, we actually did try to put a show together Sunday morning, but yours truly was in Edmonton uh, getting ready for a big stadium concert. We had a very small window in which we could get a show published, and we uh, didn't manage to, to take advantage. So apologies yeah. for that, but here we are now. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, we did try our best. We worked for over an hour trying different different things on both ends and we just couldn't get it to work uh apparently the 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 makers of the app we use have made some changes to it and removed the ability to do a joint podcast yeah so <laughs> so here we are um doing it old school so yeah, doing it over the phone. Yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. So, um, and speaking of over the phone, I listened to your uh, interview with um, with Maxime Bernier there yesterday. Oh yes, and uh, and that was very good. I was I was very impressed with what he had to say, and and uh, and you know, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, he makes some he made some very good points uh, about how conservatives are typically only conservative during the leadership campaign um i mean you see that time and time again i mean you saw it the last two leaders at least right where yeah they uh, they, they espoused all these conservative ideals during the leadership campaign and then when uh when it came time to uh run a federal election campaign um Suddenly, those conservative ideals were nowhere to be found. So he made some, he made some very good points. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought and I thought it was. Uh, he he. I liked his discussion. How yeah, you know, Polyev will end up eventually going to the left, and I thought, well, possibly. I mean, he's uh, he's saying all the right things right now, but yeah, I mean, the evidence is definitely there, and. And he I mean he's right in that his message about freedom, his message about personal, you know, autonomy, responsibility, is starting to catch on. I mean, not that he's uh, necessarily riding a purple wave to the PMO anytime soon, but I I do believe people are now at least taking him seriously. So. Yeah, no, I mean the thing that the thing that I have to disagree with him on is is that he said that he and his party are changing people's minds, and I and I disagree. I don't think that it's him and his party that are changing minds. I think it's Justin Trudeau that's changing people's minds. I think people are going, whoa, this is going too far. Yep, that's right. Uh, I don't think that it had really much to do with Bernier and the PPC at all. No, but they they may end up being the benefactors when people finally decide they want to just throw all the bums out. Well, I mean that's a possibility, but I don't. But I don't. I don't believe it. He will, they will benefit from it much. Um, I, in fact, I, I, I know. Like he's, he has to say that that you know he's not worried about Polyev as leader of the Conservatives, but 
there's no way he can't be. I mean, he's going to lose supporters because they because the supporters are going to move back over to the conservatives once Polyev is leader. Um, because Polyev is saying all the same things. Uh, now, if Polyev uh, caves during a uh, uh, an election campaign like the last two leaders did, then maybe Bernier has a point. But right now, he should be worried about losing support to the Conservatives. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. And, uh, yeah, it's got to be resting in his mind. But you're right. I mean, he's got to put a bold face on it. And, I mean, he I guess he knows the Conservative Party machine much better than you and I ever will. So so maybe maybe he knows something we don't. But... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, the thing is, is that we're we're going to find out, and I, and I and I, and it might be as soon as this fall. And I mean, if you see all the the kind of spending announcements and stuff like that, the Trudeau or sorry, uh, yeah, the Trudeau's been making lately, uh, all indications are that there there's a very very strong possibility there's going to be an election this fall. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. So. Uh... But anyway, we have got a loaded-up show for you today, Canada, so we better get down this road to stupid. And so on the show today, NATO comes to Canada. Ontario universities continue their wokeness. Zombie ice will kill us all. If the Detroit Marathon doesn't first, quarterly boosters and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's start with um, the Detroit Marathon. Sure. Because this is something that I uh, I brought up right before the show with you. And uh, when you told me that you were going to call this episode The Road to Stupid, uh, this is the perfect story to kick it all off with. It really is. <laughs> so the Detroit Marathon, which has been run uh, since the 70s, um, part of the route crosses the Ambassador Bridge into Canada. And uh, so it's a cross-border marathon. It crosses over from Detroit into Windsor uh, over the Ambassador Town, uh, sorry, the Ambassador Bridge and returns through the Windsor-Detroit Tunnel. And um, the organizers sent an email out to uh, the participants of the Detroit Marathon this week, telling them that if they want to be remain a participant, they have to carry three documents with them while running a marathon. One is a passport. Two is a secondary piece of ID, such as a driver's license. And the third is your cell phone with the ArriveCan app. That makes so much sense because you want to get weighed down with bureaucracy if you're going to run a marathon. And these people are going to be sweating and sweating hard 
and they're supposed to have a cell phone and a passport on them. <laughs> I mean, are like this? You want to talk about stupid? <laughs> like this is this is dumb, stupid, moronic, retarded. I mean, whatever word you want to come up with, it describes this. Yeah, I mean... Uh, they're participants in a run. I mean, like, come on, they're not hard to pick out. Yeah. Like, they're not... It's not like they're going to be, you know, going into the local uh, uh, Loblaws or something and, and spreading disease throughout the place and then joining back into the race and running back to Detroit. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I when you told me this, I just... Uh, I could not honestly think of anything more ridiculous but but nothing should surprise us that comes from this band of morons that makes up our federal government like this is the problem when you let bureaucrats get too much power oh or when you you know elect a dumbass like justin trudeau as a leader well, i mean yeah i mean he could easily say no you don't need to do that come on let's not be dumb yeah, he could say, hey, you know what? They're all running along this fenced-off path, so uh, we, it'd be pretty easy for us to keep track of every single one of them. But no, 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 let's make certain they've got their arrive can filled out properly. And if if they don't, we'll penalize them. Add some time to their run. Like I'm, like, I'm trying to understand, how is this going to happen? Like, are they actually going to stop them halfway across the Ambassador Bridge and scan their arrive can apps well i was like, wondering that like they obviously can't interrupt the race but if the race starts in detroit you really can't do anything till they cross the border so unless they have canadian border agents over in detroit scanning documents before the race starts but, how ridiculous but how stupid i mean it's not like they're staying no that's right they're just running along a roped off route like come on this is the dumbest thing I've... This is one of the dumbest things I've seen since this whole pandemic started. Now, I'm, I'm just going to go down this road for a bit. So now that they fill out the Arrive Can app, they're going to have to disclose where in Canada they're going. Oh, uh, on, on the Ambassador Bridge and then back through the tunnel. Well, uh, how long do they plan on staying? Like, they're ridiculous. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about this anymore. I mean, this is, it's so dumb. I mean, I can't think of any other word, but. Yeah. Well, I, it, it really is the perfect story to kick off the road to stupid. It certainly is. And, uh, well, let's go this a little further down that road, that road being the 401. And we'll go to Western University in London. Now, Everybody probably knows by now that there was a policy that all students, even if they were taking online courses and only had to come to university for a testing purposes, would have to have a booster shot. So three shots minimum. Well, students decided they would push back against this and protest. Good for them. I'm really proud of them for doing that. They did get a bit of a reprieve until January instead of this month, but... In keeping with our theme of stupid, the Western University Board of Directors, or whatever they want to be called, decided that students, absolutely you must have must have your shots. 
but exempt donors or potential donors don't have to have that third shot because if you're bringing money, you can't possibly spread COVID. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of my uh, my recent holiday because we, uh, my wife and I flew out to Halifax and uh, toured a bit of Nova Scotia and, uh, and PEI for eight days. And that's why I wasn't around for two, the last two shows. And um, when we got to the airport, we did not have to wear masks until we got to security. So we went through the baggage and check-in and all of that. No masks. Got to security. Had to put on a mask. We're on the other side. And I've noticed maybe 30, 40% of the people weren't even wearing their masks because, and all they did was hold a drink in their hand or something. So that, you know, they're eating or they're consuming something. So they don't have to wear their mask, right? (laughs) And then you're supposed to be wearing your mask on the flight. Um, Almost, I, I I would look around the plane Maybe half the people had their masks on, the other half didn't. Nobody was nobody was enforcing it, nobody cared. Uh, we got to um, we landed in Calgary and if anybody knows Alberta, they you know, they're done they they they're a little bit more like Americans than that. They will when they're done with something, they're done with it. And I was in a Calgary airport, and I swear, 70% of the people were not wearing their masks. Good. And, and nobody was enforcing it. Um, when you get to your destination, you're supposed to be wearing your masks until you leave the secured area, which means your baggage claim, you don't have to wear a mask. Everybody, as soon as they got to baggage claim, took their masks off. <laughs> because it's not required because you're not behind be in the secured area now I guess that means COVID only spreads in secured areas I but, guess I, I mean it's it's like you just pick and choose it, it, and that's what, what I'm trying to get at it with this whole uh, Western University thing is, is that it's like it's become like I mean, it was political a long time ago, but it's it couldn't be more obvious now that it's political because you're they're picking and choosing where you have to wear a mask or where you have to have vaccines, and none of it makes any sense, no logical sense, no scientific sense, nothing. It does not make sense of any kind. No, it doesn't. And actually, we'll uh, well, we'll we'll actually dovetail on that one right after this because uh, while we're on the university front, what used to be called Ryerson University, sports teams were called the Ryerson Rams. Their mascot was named Eggy for Egerton Ryerson. Well, you can imagine 
when they had to change the name of Ryerson University because he was evil and it probably triggered some social justice warriors. Well, now they had to change the name of the teams to the, well, it's Toronto Metropolitan University now, so it's the TMU Bold. Because how could you dare continue to call them the Rams and have that horrible mascot? Yeah, it's just so stupid. I'm going to be saying that a lot today. Yes, we are, because uh, that's all we need to say about Ryerson or TMU, because we need to get to the chief of stupid, that being Justin Trudeau. And you reminded me when you uh, brought up about changing the policies. Well, now... Well, we are encouraged to make certain our vaccines are, quote, up to date. And Health Canada is considering making that up to date three bloody months. And Trudeau says, well, we can get to 80, 85, 90% people updated. We won't have to impose restrictions. Go to hell, Justin. Well, you know what's funny about that is that Dr. Bonnie Henry here in BC said yesterday that there is no reason for restrictions or, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, Lockdowns or or mandates. Oh, excellent. There's no reason to have restrictions or mandates anymore. She said that yesterday and Justin Trudeau is saying the opposite. So, you know, I think I'll believe the doctor. Well, you could, or you could go with uh, Jean-Yves Duclos, our health minister, who said, and we had posted the article of this on our Facebook page, and poor listener Ashley couldn't believe what she was reading because Jean-Yves Duclos said, oh, it's like recharging your cell phone battery, making certain you've got all them shots to recharge your system. Oh, my good God. Uh, You know... It's nothing like that. No. <laughs> uh, that's called sleep. Uh, no, I... You know, the thing is, is that every time I try to, you know, plug in my cell phone, I'm not running the risk of a stroke. I'm not running the risk of myocarditis. I'm not running the, the you know, the risk of blood clotting. Or, you know, if I was a woman, I wouldn't be running the risk of having my menstrual cycle messed up for the next six to eight months. You know, I mean, this is, this isn't conspiracy theory stuff. This is fact. It's real. These are real risks that many, many, many people suffered from. And we're finding out all the time that all the conspiracy theorists, and that includes you and I, we're right. Yep. And and the thing is, is that those stupid shots don't stop you from getting it. They don't stop you from spreading it. And I really question whether or not they even lessen your symptoms. Well, you and I both got double vaxxed. You and I both caught the Wuhan flu. So you're right. We're living proof that it doesn't work. And I got my shot, or I got I got COVID uh, a solid year after I had my my shots, which, according to research, means that they had very little to no effect on me at all at that point, and that 
Uh, and and I, it was it was a minor head cold. Not it wasn't even minor. It was it was so mild that I did my nose wasn't even running. I was just a little stuffy. That was it. Yeah. See, you know, I was ten months out. I think from my second shot, and yeah. same thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've had worse colds. My nose was stuffy. Uh, my eyes watered a bit. That was it. Yeah, I was sicker this past Saturday than I ever was with COVID. Oh, like, <laughs> like it's it's just like you know, it's over. It's over. Let's move on. Let us get on with our lives. Now, like, see that that's the thing. We were told get your two shots and everything goes back to normal. Well. Nothing is really back to normal, and now His Highness uh, Fidel Trudeau, I know, uh, Mr. Trudeau, is saying that, oh, well, don't make us put more restrictions on you. Um, you've done enough already. Get lost. Yeah, go to hell. I mean, I'm, I'm done with with all this, this stuff. I mean, I'm done with it. You know, I mean... It, the, the the virus has become something very innocuous. Uh, it's not dangerous to almost anybody anymore. And when they tell you that, you know, there's an uptick in cases in the hospital and stuff, like, don't forget, that's not because they're there because of COVID. They're there for something else and just happened to catch COVID. And... And it, I mean, it's just like the majority of the deaths, the COVID deaths, were they died from something else. Well, see, we're and, finding that out and, now. And and I mean, the the death numbers. Don't forget the the, the COVID death numbers included cases where people tested positive for COVID up to thirty days before they died. So. It didn't matter what they died from, but if they tested within the past month for COVID, it was a COVID death. Ridiculous. And that's why you don't see an uptick in excess deaths. Like if you look at BC's death, like number of deaths over the past four years or five years or six years, there is no more people died in 2018 than they did in 2020 or 2021. Well, that's interesting. So I mean, there's, you know, with the number of people that were supposed to have died from COVID, like you would think there would have been an uptick, but there wasn't. Well, that's a good point. And that's actually going to be the next uh, thing that gets you accused of being a conspiracy theorist. Bring it on. Uh, well, speaking of bring it on, the zombie ice from Greenland is going to... Let me just see. I wrote this down here. When it melts, it is going to raise sea levels by 27 centimeters. That is almost a whole foot, Canada. Yeah, bring so that on too. Bring it because the 80% <laughs> of people who live near an ocean or a major body of water, you're all going to die. Yeah, we're, we don't like Miami anyway. That's right. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, this is, 
Come on, how long have they been saying this? Oh, I mean, not not about this specific one, but how long how long have they been telling us that sea levels are going to rise ten or twenty feet? Oh I yeah. Mean, I mean, we first heard about it what back in the, the late eighties, and uh, and we really heard about it after an inconvenient truth, which turned out to be an inconvenient pile of crap, um, because nothing in that movie has come true. Nothing. Oh, I mean, New York's not underwater. No. Oh. And not, none of the none of the predictions that have been made over the past. 30 years, 40 years, none of the predictions have come true. None of them. I mean, look at, look at how they're, they're talking about, uh, the increased hurricane activity that we face every year. Do you know there hasn't been a single named hurricane yet this year? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because when you actually go through the through the data and you go through, in, the, in this case, the U.S. Weather Service, you discover that hurricane incidents have actually been down over the last 10 years, as well as tornadoes, as well as other natural disasters. But you'd never know that by watching the news. No. I mean, this year there hasn't been a named hurricane that made landfall this year. Wow, not I did not know that. Not one. Wow. So now, for Perspective Canada, I would love it if, and I've suggested this before, possibly on this show, if we all want to know how the zombie ice is going to get us, well, <clears throat> fill a glass about a quarter full of water, top it up with ice, let it sit in somewhere warm overnight, and in the morning, when you get up, and you see that your whole kitchen is flooded. Oh, no, wait. Is your kitchen going to flood, Lewis? Not in that case. Because the ice is going to melt and the water level actually goes down. See, it's, you're, you're not right about that. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not right that the water level goes down, but... The water will not overflow the cup is what I would say is where I'm going with it. No, the water will actually the water level will stay exactly the same. But the the thing is is that when you're talking about Greenland, it's not ice that's floating in the water that's going to melt. It's ice that's on land. So when that wa when that ice melts, all that water ends up making its way to the ocean, and that's what's going to raise the water level. Because it's on land and it's not displacing water at that time. Well, fair enough. But and there's, but they're saying 27 centimeters. Okay, that's almost a foot. So that I mean, you're going to raise the Atlantic Ocean by a foot <laughs> with some ice on Greenland? Absolutely, they are. Like that's a lot of ice. Like that's got to be. I like millions, billions of tons of ice. Yeah, I don't know where they'd get all the ice from. That's is uh, that even possible? 
Well, let's got to really think about that. I really should do the calculations and figure out the with the whole density thing because obviously when when water freezes it expands. I'm not sure exactly how much each molecule expands, but God, you would need enough ice to cover probably North America to melt and rise raise the Atlantic Ocean by a foot. Well, I I just. I have a hard time believing this because they've been saying this forever about Antarctica. That when Antarctica melts, it's going to raise the oceans by 20 feet, right? That's what they keep saying. Yeah. We've yet to see that happen. We've yet to see enough ice melt to make any noticeable uh, level rise in the ocean. And... Uh, because what happens is they, they always point to this one area of Antarctica that keeps melting and calving ice. Well, okay, ice calving off happens has happened throughout history. It's always happened. It happens all the time. And, and any time they, they, someone notices that an iceberg has calved off a, 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 a glacier, they lose their minds. But this has been happening forever. And when they point to this area of Antarctica, it's a very small area that's actually shrinking in size. The rest of Antarctica has actually been gaining ice. That's correct. Yeah, and they're actually stranding icebreakers in the ice that it's, it's freezing so harshly. Yeah, so... I mean, the gaslighting that's going on in today's world or on every topic is really just starting to irritate me. Well, in that case, you're going to love where we go next because Jens Stoltenberg, the Secretary General of NATO, came to visit Canada recently and visited a, a northern uh, military base, pointed out that Canada really isn't punching its weight in NATO. I know I know you're surprised to hear that folks, but we were actually criticized for our absolutely pathetic contributions to not, to NATO security. Huh, who would have thought? Whoever would have thought. So then, of course, Justin Trudeau who uh who, uh he claimed the Northwest Passage for Canada. I appreciate that. He was instantly uh, got pushed back because many nations dispute that Canada should have sole control of the Northwest Passage. But he wasn't really able to defend Canada's record in NATO. And then when uh, Chancellor or Secretary General Stoltenberg started talking about, well, you know, Arctic defense, the North Pole, and, you know, Russia, China, other powers, the U.S., all interested in the, the North Pole... Justin said, we are so good with NATO. Oh, no, wait. He didn't talk about NATO, did he? No. No, he didn't. He uh, decided to make it all about NORAD. He decided to talk NORAD with the head of NATO. Now, I get it that the, obviously they know NORAD exists, and NATO has deferred to NORAD in some North American defense uh, matters. But for Justin Trudeau to do the complete 180 and start talking about NORAD. And as a side note, the nearest 
Air Force Base for Arctic Air Defense as part of NORAD is actually about 4,000 kilometers away from the Arctic Circle. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really ready, folks. Yeah, I mean, this is another perfect example of Canada heading down the road to stupid. I mean, it's... I, I don't know... I don't know what this guy has to do. Like, aren't people fed up with this guy's moronic, you know, verbal diarrhea? Well, I mean, obviously you and I are, and I, but I don't get it either. I mean, I get that he doesn't want to talk about NATO because, you know, we are so deficient and... And his government's doing absolutely nothing to bolster up our military spending. But because they gave a long-term commitment to NORAD, suddenly now Trudeau wants to say, well, we have NORAD and NORAD is making upgrades, etc." Well, none of that is thanks to you, dipwad. No, and I mean, this is the thing that I don't understand. It's like, how... How does he? How does he get away with doing things like this? Like where, where the head of of NATO is there, and he won't talk about NATO. He wants to talk about NORAD. Like how does how does he get away with this? That's a very good question. And uh, like, yeah, I'm glad that we have NORAD because without that, we probably already would have been invaded. But. But the head of NATO came here specifically to remind Canada that we are completely insufficient in our, you know, our contributions to NATO. And for dumbass to flip it around to try to make it about NORAD instead about his own failures is, I guess, this typical him. Yeah. And, uh, well, speaking of typical Justin Trudeau, also visiting Canada was uh, German Chancellor uh, Schultz. And he came because he, well, anybody who watches the news or listens to the news knows that Germany is, well, going to be out of gas, literally, and soon. So Gerhard Schultz is looking for gas and came to, to Canada saying, you have lots of gas, we'd like to buy it. Newfoundland is actually the closest shipping port from North America to Europe, let's make a deal. And Justin Trudeau says, I'm stupid. Oh, wait, he he just says that, you know, by being him. Said, well, there's no real business case for LNG from Canada to go to Europe. Yeah. <sighs> you got a buyer coming, basically begging for it. And being told, no, no, we don't want to sell you LNG. We want to sell you hydrogen. That's right. We want to sell you hydrogen from a plant that is not yet up and running and a plant that's going to have to be net zero and run on wind and solar power, which is so reliable. But yet we won't sell you natural gas that we've already got in the ground and even when you, the customer, Germany, offer to help pay for said project, no, 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 let's talk hydrogen instead. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's so stupid. It's 
It's so maddening and so stupid because, I mean, God. And this country, this country could be in so much better position than it's in. Yeah. Well, then to add to the stupid, Krista Freeland. <laughs> right, right there. I mean, that that just adds to the stupid. But yeah. then, then, then she says, "Oh, we can make a business case for that." <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So can we, or can't we, or should we maybe get government the hell out of the way, drop a crap ton of regulations, and maybe then we could actually let the private sector decide if there's a business case or not. The Americans are feeding us our lunch right now on LNG because they have several LNG ports. In fact, they've even got one that's not being used in... I forgot the city now. But uh, at any rate, they have one that's not even being used because they don't have enough gas to ship out of it. And here we are. We can't even build a goddamn pipeline to get to the East Coast. We got so much oil and gas, and we can't move it. That's right. I mean, it's just... Oh, God, my God. We are run by complete morons. And and I just don't see any of this changing. I mean, it's like, because there's too many goddamn people in this country that are happy with the way things are. Yeah, that's actually exactly it. And I, I don't get it. And I don't get how it is that people can look at what Justin Trudeau is doing to this country and just say, well, okay, well, he said we had the best healthcare system in the world, so uh, I guess we must, even though in B.C. a lady died in a senior's home right next door to the hospital because she couldn't get an ambulance. But, but no, but no, no, we got the best healthcare system in the world. I mean, we told a veteran in London, Ontario, he should just get made and kill himself because he's costing the system 1500 bucks a day, but no, no, no. We got the best healthcare system in the world. The best. Meanwhile, we've got multiple hospitals closing their ERs across Ontario. We've got an eight-month-old baby in Kamloops that died because they couldn't get an ambulance. We've got, you know... Waiting lists that are 18 months, 24 months for certain surgeries. We've got cancer treatments. They can't start for eight weeks. We've got... Our system is broken, okay? And anybody who says it's not isn't paying attention or they're lying. Yeah. Because if if my wife or I need life-saving treatment... I'm not going to stick around. I'm going to the U.S. to get it done. I, we will sell our house if it means that my wife survives. You know, we'll sell our house if it means that I survive. We'll do what we have to to make it work. We are not going to trust the Canadian healthcare system. Well, you can't. I mean, the Saskatchewan government wisely decided to contract out some elective surgeries, the uh, the orthopedics, and... They're getting flack for for contracting it out. I mean, I wish they had contracted it out here in Saskatchewan, but they're getting pushback. And and to be fair, they got pushback from me because 
they're only paying for the procedures and not paying people's travel and accommodations. But they're getting pushback from the usual suspects because how dare you contract out services? Even though the first person that goes to Calgary bumps up the, the, someone else in the queue. But no, they never look at it that way. They just look at it as, nope, government has to run everything so everybody suffers equally. And that just drives me nuts. Yeah, it's like it's like Canadians don't want better. We're happy with mediocrity. We're not. We we don't want our country to be a, the best country in the world. We're good with it being number ten or twelve or whatever it is. I mean, our healthcare ranks last in the G seven. Last. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I mean, why why are Canadians happy with with our country being, you know, mediocre to poor? I mean, because a lot of what goes on in this country really sucks. I mean, our healthcare is garbage. Our uh, our military is a joke. Obviously, not the people who are serving in it, but the fact that we don't even have an icebreaker, and we're a northern country with a claim on the north on, on part of the Arctic Circle, and we don't have an icebreaker. We don't have a supply ship, a proper supply ship for our navy. We have. We are, it's, it's severely underfunded. We're flying 50 year old jets. The snowbirds are pretty much grounded. I'd be surprised if they're ever airborne again. We, we've got, you know, they can't even procure handguns properly. That's true, and that, that's all true. And, uh, you know, we've got a few more minutes, so let's wrap up with one more stupid in this country. And that's in my home province of Alberta, where I was born, I should say, because obviously that's not home anymore. But, as we all know, the uh, United Conservative Party is going through a leadership race right now. We've heard a lot about Danielle Smith's proposed Sovereignty Act, and I'm all for it. The Jason Kenney, the outgoing premier, has decided he doesn't like it. And in a meeting with the lieutenant governor in Alberta, Salma Lakhani, who, by the way, just happened to have been appointed by Justin Trudeau. And by the way, between 2008 and 2017, just happened to have donated $17,000 to the Liberal Party of Canada. Lieutenant Governor Lakhani suggested that well, she's like a, uh, a political backstop and she would probably have to evaluate this Sovereignty Act before signing it, hinting that she would likely want to refuse it. And all I thought was, I don't know if we've had a point in our history where the Queen's representative has ever gotten political or weighed into legislation. Their Their job is just to take it from, I guess, the legislature and sign it into law, give it royal assent. 
I've never heard of a, of a, a vice regal actively getting involved in the politics of the of the province. No, I don't. I don't remember that ever happening. Uh, I mean, according to most people, like according to Brian Jean, according to some other uh, constitutional lawyers, that what she's proposing won't work anyway. Uh, But I don't understand why the... Why? Why? What's her? What's the the her name? Uh, Sama Lakani. Yeah, I don't know why she thinks that she has a place in this. She's supposed to just sign it into law. It's not her place to decide if it should be or not. No, that's right. And um, of all people, Paul Wells, who's a CBC panelist, and I believe he would, he may still be with McLean's, but anyway. He decided to do a little historical checkup and say, well, I guess there is a precedent because a lieutenant governor in the 1800s, once in our history, actually said no. He said, so there's no precedent in modern Canadian history. And even he was saying, like, what the hell does she think she's doing? And he's as leftist as they get. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, uh, you know, I mean, at some point, I mean, just because you're on one side of an issue, I mean, and one thing i got to give him credit for is that he admits that, you know, there's no, he might not agree with it, but the, you know, there's no constitutional precedent for this. Yeah, like, she really needs to shut up and do her job. I hate to be so blunt, but... Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, we'll leave it right there, Canada. Um, Hope you've enjoyed going down the road to stupid with us because we have given way, way too many examples and we have a crap ton more we can spew out. Yeah, and I'm hoping that after this coming weekend that road to stupid is going to start swinging maybe the other way. Let's hope so. I'm. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Pierre Poiliev is going to be named Conservative Party leader on Saturday, but... Uh, We'll certainly talk about it on Sunday with you, and we'll uh, let you know how it goes. Yeah, the polls the polls are suggesting that he's going to win on the first ballot. So I hope that's true, um, because, uh, you know, I didn't vote for anybody else. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean... It's, we're going to find out who's going to be the leader of the federal conservatives. We're going to be finding out who's going to be the leader of the United Conservative Party in Alberta. Uh, we're, I mean, and just so everybody knows, uh, the, the 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 mass murderer in Saskatchewan has been found and arrested. So there's a little bit of good news there. Um, we uh, we just, I, I just hope that. You know, this road to stupid doesn't go too far down that road before before we uh, start to come out the other side. Um, and I'm hoping that that is going to start this weekend. Well, with any luck, we'll keep our fingers crossed. So uh, thanks for joining us, Canada. Uh, you can probably look forward to a rant or two before the week is out because we've still got a few more topics on the tables. But until then, 
Uh, thanks for joining us. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.